Nominations to the state's top court have traditionally been uncontested affairs, but Governor Kathy Hochul's failed attempt to get Judge Hector LaSalle to fill the chief judge vacancy in New York was a very public battle with voices and groups emerging on both sides of his candidacy. In response to these lobbying campaigns, Senate Deputy Majority Leader Mike Gianaris, a Queens Democrat, introduced legislation designed to ensure transparency in efforts to support or block future nominations to state offices. And he joins us on the show to discuss his proposal. Welcome back to the studio, Senator. Thanks, Dave. So what was it about the fight over the nomination of Hector LaSalle that made you want to revisit disclosures in this arena? Well, I think you had pointed out this is the first time this has ever happened. Um, and so I think there's a gaping loophole in the lobbying disclosure laws because no one had contemplated before that nomination fights would become so hotly contested and tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars being spent for and against particular nominees. We did see that in this case, and everyone was wondering where this money was coming from, who was funding these efforts, why they might have an interest in doing so. And it became clear that as nominations receive more scrutiny than they have before, that they should be treated the same way as legislation is treated. If people are spending money to influence the outcome, we should know about it, and we should know who's paying, and we should know why. So under your legislation, if it was to become law, what types of disclosures would be required? It would be the same exact disclosures required of a lobbyist lobbying on legislation. All we're doing is including a support or opposition to nominations in the list of things that require lobbying disclosure. So there are existing lobbying disclosure rules, periodic reports, designation of who's being lobbied specifically, where the money is being spent, all the things that already happen when someone is lobbying on legislation we would now include the nomination fights in that list of things that need that disclosure. And would this be limited to just nominations to the state's top court, or would this be for any confirmable position or anything that the governor might have the opportunity to fill a seat on? It's for the confirmable position. So anything that requires a vote, a confirmation vote, would be included under this bill. Well, you made the comparison to legislation, and as someone who utilizes the public disclosure website on legislation, one of the things that I find uh, tough about that is that while I can tell whether a group is interested in a piece of legislation, I can't tell if they support or oppose it. I can make some inferences based on the bill and that organization. Would your legislation require an organization to disclose whether they had supported or opposed a nomination? We're not changing the rules of what gets disclosed. We're only including this category of advocacy in there. So if you don't have to disclose it now, you won't then. But I think, especially as it relates to nomination fights, it'll be pretty clear. It's not one of these situations where uh, there are thousands of bills and people might have nuanced interests about whether they support, oppose, or just want changes to a particular bill. Generally speaking, people will either be supporting or opposing a nominee. And Latinos for LaSalle will be pretty clear what their position is on, on LaSalle, for example. So I don't think we'd have that kind of confusion over nomination fights. And what about the timeliness of those disclosures? Because I'm not sure that the ones that are made on bills are done, say, in real time. Is that necessary for the public interest to be served in terms of public disclosure? Or is it okay if it comes weeks or months later? I think it's fine if the existing rules are followed. Uh, there's a couple of things that happen. Number one, it is important that eventually people know why something happened a certain way. Uh, but also knowing that that disclosure will be coming will have an effect on those doing the spending, I would think, if they think there's something um, they don't want known or 
something about what they're doing that's nefarious, then presumably this will deter them from doing that because it will become known at the next public disclosure point. Well, as I mentioned at the top, the nomination of Hector LaSalle was unique for the public debate over his nomination. But I'm curious, for most nominations that are Senate confirmable, what sort of lobbying, if any, happens behind the scenes? Are you hearing from interested parties or do people basically stay hands off for, for the most part when it comes to seats that you guys can weigh in on? I, th- I think we're in uncharted territory now. Nominations up until earlier this year were rubber stamped uh, by the Senate, going well back before we took the majority. One of the things we've been working to do since 2019 when we took over uh, is reform the process of the Senate. So first, as it relates to confirmations, we have a rule now, which was not the case before, that the hearing, the committee hearing, has to be on a separate day from the floor vote on a nominee. Because in the past, there would often be times you'd have a pro forma hearing literally off the floor during session, uh, and then people would walk onto the, into the chamber and vote immediately. So no time to think about or analyze what was just said or, or asked about at these hearings. So we did that previous to this nomination. But the more uh, we're realizing that we have a constitutional obligation that was neglected by previous Senates, we're stepping into the void and asserting our right to advise and consent, which is constitutional power that the Senate has. So as we're seeing this happen, it's it's kind of a, you know, this judicial fight was a case of first impression in a lot of ways, but I think you can expect that to continue because the public expects the Senate to discharge its responsibilities and scrutinize uh, these important appointments before we sign off on them. So this was the first time we've seen this kind of activity around a nomination, uh, and that's why previous to this moment, no one had thought about whether there should be disclosure because there was nothing to disclose. People weren't really advocating in a campaign style the way that it happened in this case. At most, you just have a private conversation between an executive and, and the legislative leader in the Senate just you know, expressing thoughts back and forth. But for the most part, the Senate just would approve whatever was given to them. So, you know, and, and that was not the right way to do it. Well, for listeners just joining us, you're listening to the Capitol Press Room, and we're speaking with State Senator Mike Gianaris, a Queens Democrat. And you talked about the kind of informal process right there, as well as the formal process. And there have been candidates that have been clearly under consideration by the governor for nominations, for example, people who have been in acting positions who haven't necessarily gotten that formal tap to serve in a permanent role. And I'm curious whether you think there should be disclosures maybe in advance of those people getting pushed to the Senate for for confirmation and whether people should have to weigh in on their support or opposition before a nomination or whether that's too complicated to even get into? Well, I mean, the lobbying disclosure laws are triggered by a certain amount of spending, Mm -hmm. right? And so if someone happens to be sitting in a position because it's vacant and they're acting in that role, generally, I don't I can't imagine that there would be campaigns to have a person be an acting commissioner or whatever the position might be. But I think what happens is when the vote is required, that's when you start seeing the the money being spent, the mailers, the TV ads, the things that cost money. uh, And that's when the disclosures would kick in. If someone's just there and someone has a private conversation with the governor and says, hey, I like this person, I don't think that would trigger the disclosure laws because there is not a a threshold of dollars being spent in terms of that advocacy. We're in the waning days of the legislative session now, and on the Senate committee agendas, we're starting to see nominations pop up. 
are you beginning to hear from any groups about some of the people that the governor has advanced or is planning to advance based on lists that you've received, or is it pretty quiet right now? It's pretty quiet. I mean, our staffs and our members are doing their due diligence to the extent there are um, names that are provided to us. Um, I think it's clear now to everybody that the Senate intends to provide real scrutiny um, of nominees, but we also recognize uh, the governor is the main player here. This is her responsibility to find people for these positions and to nominate them to the Senate. And uh, We're not trying to become uh, the entity that's choosing who sits in these positions, but we do want to make sure we're, we're fulfilling our role to analyze and um, give our advice and our consent or lack of consent on, on the people that come before us. Both in the ethics committee and in the floor, there was no debate uh, on this bill, which moved very easily. So I'm curious if you're hearing any public uh, opposition to your legislation. No, I mean, interestingly, one of the um, representatives of the groups advocating on this issue has expressed to me that they support the idea. Who's that? I don't want to disclose a private conversation, but suffice to say... Will they have to disclose it later on? They will if if the bill passes. Uh, But suffice to say, it was someone who had a different position than mine. It was someone who was supporting um, Justice LaSalle and his nomination who says, I don't have a problem with this bill. Like We have no problem telling people uh, who's doing what if that's what the rules require. Um, so no, it's it's a common sense thing. If if there's six figures being spent to a- advocate and influence um, the Senate, people should know who's writing the check and and why. And I think even people who would have to make the disclosure in this case understand that. And what about in the Assembly? Are you hearing anything from your former House about uh, their interest or appetite in moving this? Yeah, I've, I've had conversations with uh, Assemblymember McDonald. Um, he seems genuinely interested, understands the need to um, pull back the curtain and shed some light on this. It's a pretty common sense measure. Um, and so other than any technical questions someone might have, I can't fathom who would step forward and say, no, we want to keep this advocacy secret. I mean, that's a pretty awful point of view to have if you believe in transparency and the public's right to know. So we talked about the comparison of your disclosure legislation to what's already required for lobbying on legislation. And we highlighted the uh, lack of disclosure that's required right now on whether a group supports or opposes a bill and how with judges, it'll become pretty clear one way or another. What do you think about updating the law as it pertains to legislation, though, to make it clear whether a group is supporting or opposing a bill? Yeah, it sounds like a good idea. The only concern I would have is the nuance of people who mm. – it's not always that clear. Nominations would be more clear, right? You either want a yes or a no vote. That's a good point. Uh, but oftentimes in legislation, we get a lot of advocacy from people who just want to see amendments made or support the concept but want to do it a little differently. And so I'm not sure how that might be disclosed. But in general, I think that's a good direction to move in. And what about, I guess, lobbying internally? Do you think there's any sense in making lawmakers disclose where they stand on bills? Because I think of the public support that some people might make for legislation, and then we've heard, I mean, earmuffs, uh, uh, some lawmakers are actually working behind the scenes to kill bills. So uh, do you think there should be any sort of public notification or disclosure where lawmakers are on bills? Yeah, absolutely. It's called the vote in the committee and on the Senate floor, or whether someone lists their name as a sponsor of a bill. I mean, the, the entire process is geared towards the public knowing where legislators stand on these issues. Um, so I, I think that's already done. I don't know how you would cover private conversations people might have with each other. 
Well, we've been speaking with Senate Deputy Majority Leader Mike Gianaris. He is a Queens Democrat. Leader Gianaris, thank you so much for making the time. Thanks for having me, Dave. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information.